What is time? What is space? These have been basic metaphysical questions since the dawn of humanity and philosophy. If we assume time and space are actual physical realities, all, all answers seem to lead to unavoidable contradictions as exemplified by the famous Zeno's paradoxes mentioned in other parts of this podcast series. Basically, if time and space are physical realities and they're defined as finite, then we are left with the question of what time was it before time began and what time is it after it ends? If space is real, what contains finite, if space is real and finite, what contains finite space or what is outside of it? Saying that time and space are infinite creates more problems than it solves by adding the word infinity into the mix, which seems to be a word game whose usefulness is solely to hide our ignorance of what is going on. Never beginning nor ending time or space, no start, no end, makes no sense. All our sense perceptions have a beginning and an end. How can time and space be a sense perception that has no beginning or end? How does it make sense to say we experience infinity? Some philosophers say that modern mathematical calculus and time-space physics and its relativity ends this metaphysical problem of infinity and thus the problem of time and space, but it really does not. For example, there is Thompson's lamp paradox uh, created by the British philosopher James F. Thompson that shows, that, that shows us that the mathemat mathematical concepts of infinity does not help us with either these metaphysical or physical concepts of time or space. Thompson's lamp paradox asks you to imagine a uh, lamp or a light switch that turns on and off a lamp or source of photons or whatever you want to call it, a light source. It turns it on, but then it, it turns it off. It starts, uh, starts by turning it off one minute after turning it on. After this first cycle, it turns it on again after half a minute, turns it off after half, to half a minute, then turns it on after a quarter minute, then turns it off after a quarter minute. And this prog progression... Uh, continues infinitely. Each time the switch is turned on and then off by one half, uh, by a time interval that is one half of the prior time interval. So it goes infinitely from one minute to half a minute to a quarter minute to one eight minute and so forth. Using our modern calculus, we know that this infinite series will total two minutes. So I, we've solved the mathematical problem, but now the question is, in, is, at the end of two minutes, is the lamp on or off? This avoids, come, uh, creates an unavoidable contradiction. Since the light is never turned on without being turned off, uh, you cannot really say that the light is on at, after two minutes because it would be turned off shortly thereafter. At the, same at the same moment, you cannot say that it will be off after two minutes, because it's only turned off, uh, then to be immediately turned back on. So we are stuck in a similar contradiction that is exemplified by Zeno's paradoxes. Physically, we can just flip switches for two minutes and see what happens. 
concepts of infinite time and space, as with infinity, unavoidably lead to contradictions. So it's, they seem not to be physical realities. If we contemplate physics' use of the words time and space in their relativity theory, it seems that time and space are really just curves in a time-space reality that curves back on itself, so that if we travel in a straight line, we come back to the same point. And by this means, they supposedly avoid the concept of infinite time and space. But we're right back to the same problem of finite time and space. If it is curved space, what exists outside this curved space? Or in what does this curved time-space exist? It is at this point that we must bring back in to our contemplation is the philosophy of language. Regarding time-space relativity, and even the word infinity, consistent with the word games that make up language as discussed in our philosophy of language episodes, in which the meaning of words are their usefulness, physics uses the same words, time and space, and infinity, as we do when we ontologically contemplate our existence. But physicists have a radically different usefulness for those words, just as mathematicians have a radically different use for the word infinity. The usefulness being to make predictions using the concept of gravity that can be proven false. To be metaphysically and physically honest, probably, physicists should be using different words other than time or space in their calculations because the usefulness of those words in their calculations is different from their usefulness in our common usage of those words in our existentialist ontological contemplations of I exist. If we contemplate the use of the words time and space in physics, existentially and ontologically, relative to our existence, the metaphysical contradictions of Zeno's paradoxes come back. But that is not how the words are used. The words time, space, infinity in physics and even in mathematics have a usefulness for solving certain problems and that usefulness is not the same as in our ontological existential, existentialist contemplations of our existence, in which the words are not words meaning are not just their usefulness, but also our existence. In terms of our philosophy of language, questioning the physics use of the words time and space is meaningless. If the words work to solve their gravity problem, they work, or if they work to solve their mathematical problems, they work. Any contradictions caused by our existential ontological contemplations on the words time and space are irrelevant to the usefulness for physics. For physics and mathematics, questioning their use of the words time and space are another example of questions uh, whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent. But now let's go back to our existentialist ontological contemplation of our existence. Where does this leave the words time and space in our existentialist existence? Because we clearly do use the word time and space relative to our existence, and they clearly are real concepts in our existence that, aff that affect our existence throughout our lives and consciousness. Probably the best answer as to the meaning of the words time and space in our existentialist ontological 
I exist is provided by the philosophy of Godfrey Wilhelm Leibniz and the medieval philosophy upon which he based his concepts of time and space. Leibniz was one of the co-founders of modern differential and integral calculus. Based on his concepts, space consists of our relationships with our sense perceptions. Time is any change in the relationships of our sense perceptions. Time and space are not attributes of reality, but attributes of our individual perception of reality. This concept of time and space was discussed in medieval philosophy and in other episodes via the concept of Alcam's finger. If time and space are really attributes of actual reality, every time I lifted my finger and changed its relationship in time and space and reality, it would start an infinite chain reaction of changes in time and space of everything in reality, and we are right back to the infinity problem. For working people, Leibniz concepts of time and space can be imagined in a much simpler view of time and space. It is the fire in which we burn, and the fire goes out when we are consumed. For all practical purposes, time and space begin when we first become conscious of our existence and end when we die. If there is time and space before or after, it is what it is. There is no progression or digression. The God of our creation must have existed outside of time and space, or he could not be the reason for there being something instead of nothing. There would have to be another reason for its being. The God of the afterlife, if any, sees all as one big present, no past or future, as we would once we are part of that afterlife, if any. I have spent some time on the metaphysical questions of time or space, despite the fact that much of these metaphysical questions, perhaps all of them, consists of questions and answers whereof we cannot speak, thereof we, sh we should be silent. I've done this not because time and space are of any special significance in themselves, but because they are foundation questions for a much bigger metaphysical question, important to the lives of the working persons, consisting of the concept of free will. What is free will? Do the words free will have any ontological existential meaning? Or are they simply useful for hiding their ignorance of the future?